Bob, I want to apologize for something. Oh, yeah? What's that? Uh, so every once in a while, I like to just tweet something or say something just to just to get a reaction out of people. And uh, yesterday or the day before, a couple days ago, I, I tweeted something about um, somebody made this Death Star fire pit, and it was really <laughs> cool looking. And so yeah. I tweeted out, uh, even though the Star Wars stuff is played out check this out this is cool and then uh and i say that just to just to get a reaction and then i'm like oh yeah bob's is probably working on some star wars stuff and that probably sounds really <laughs> rude and so i actually took the tweet down because i did not have you in mind i just had my audience in mind hoping to get a little back and forth uh so i'm, I'm going to apologize and, and that wasn't meant as a diss at well all. i took it as a diss anyway because i saw it i'm just kidding I don't care. <laughs> that reminds me of I have a really interesting idea. I'm gonna make a Star Wars video. I my get the terminology. Well, I came up correct. with it. <clears throat> I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a why what is it? Star Wars Star Wars uh, video? No, what, okay. well you, no 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 you're always like uh, oh. the the guy in black. It's called or... Start oh, it's called yeah, yeah. Start Wars. Start Wars. <laughs> okay, so that's the name of I'm it. I'm gonna get it right. <clears throat> I have a concept. We conceived of it with the the guys that we, we had the class with. We were all sitting around the dinner table and we had a big laugh. Came up with a really funny idea. So I'm going to make one of the Star Wars robots in steel. Okay. Oh. I'm going to leave it at that. And when the video comes out, you guys will all laugh. Oh, all right. Yeah. I got a steel concept. <laughs> what do you, then what will you do that with this thing once it's done? <laughs> I can't tell you. There's a punchline. You guys have to wait to see the video. Oh, all right. All right. Huh. Yeah, it's really funny. And actually, I might gift it to somebody that's in the room. <laughs> there you go, David. Enjoy. I accept. I accept. <laughs> well, you that's since funny. you think that Star Wars is played out, I might have to give it to the other guy in the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> you mean Josh, right? Oh, actually, he's not in the room. <laughs> yeah. No, so I'm going to leave everybody in suspense. Mm. But I, I got a Star Wars project that we came up with while we were having dinner. We had a big laugh, and I'm like, oh, my God. That would be a great video. And when I'm done, I'll give it to Bob. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. We mm. all have to, everyone's gonna have to wait and see what Okay. It is. <laughs> When's this gonna happen? How long do we have to wait? Sooner than later, now that I just committed to okay, it good. <laughs> publicly. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. So but uh besides that, I have a friend is here, my friend Steve Pellegrino. Steve was a student of mine in 2011 and we stayed in touch i stayed in touch with a lot of my students we we've all become really good friends and steve in the recent years has become an expert knife maker and he's got a small youtube channel which i'll talk about at the end but we've been talking and he came and he gave me a lesson on how to make a knife yesterday and i videotaped the whole process i pretended like i knew nothing of course i have skills of grinding and stuff but when it comes to heat treating and the more complicated parts of making a knife he obviously knows more and so I just pretended to be a total student. And right now, Steve's here also for the day. He's right now teaching Taylor and my friend Patrick out in the workshop how to make a knife. So I left them alone. They were about to cut blanks. So it's really exciting. Last couple of days, if you guys have been following along on the Instagram story. So I'll, I'll have a video ready by the end of the week of Steve making his knife, me making my knife, and just some more details about knife making in general. So. So what's going on with me. And the reason I say that is because you might hear grinding out the window in the next few minutes. Mm. We'll know what it is. Even though I'm about 300 feet away from the workshop, I heard them before we got started. Cool. So, 
Speaking right of Instagram videos, I was following Bob all weekend, and you had uh, a great, uh, a great, a great story, a learning process. Thanks. It was interesting and frustrating and <laughs> all that stuff at the same time. But yeah, so <laughs> my family's out of town right now. They left uh, Saturday morning. Whoa! Did you hear Alexa in the other room? Yeah. Wow. She's making like, a knife. Like, <laughs> like two rooms away. She just goes, I don't know that one. Anyway. Um, so my family's out of town for the weekend. They left or for the week. And I had to stay and do some work yesterday. So I didn't get to go on the trip. And so I took Saturday as like, all right, my welding on my lounge chair that I did was bad. And it, I just got to figure this out. Like, why is it bad? So I spent a lot of Saturday morning... Um, you know, on the Instagram story, just like, okay, here, I'm going to try to figure out welding and try to figure out what I'm doing wrong so I can start to practice to get better at it. And I tried things and I would show people the results and then ask them for, why is it doing this? What am I doing wrong? And I would get tons of messages. I get so many Instagram messages this weekend. (laughs) I would get messages that, you know, a lot of them said the same thing, you know, your feed is too fast or you got to up the voltage or whatever. So I would try all these things and then weld and then show the results. And nothing was changing. Like, no matter what I did, I took the voltage on the machine all the way up. And I'm like, fine, I'll just burn a hole through this steel. just And so I can start backing it off and find the point where it's not going to burn through. All the way up, put the welder, or put the handpiece in one place and could not burn a hole through it. I'm just like, this is not yep. right. This, you know. Anyway, long story long, I ended up the next day at, through a conversation with people. I was like, well, should I go to 220 instead of? 110 uh, mig and a lot of people were like well if you don't if you can't do 110 don't go to 220 it's not worth it like you know you should be able to weld with 110 which I think is the truth but if I was going to replace the machine it made sense to do a 220 machine rather than a 110 machine so the next day I went to Lowe's picked up the one the single 220 machine that they had there brought it home to try it out a hundred thousand percent better like entirely different experience i mean that that coupled with the fact that it's a much more higher quality unit yeah because the unit that you were using we're not going to mention any names but the unit that you were using in that video i had the same one and remember about a couple years ago i talked about having a a welding unit that just didn't work and then i hit it really hard with my hand i slapped it Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah i basically whacked it really hard out of frustration like nothing else is working let me try this and then it worked oh it was that unit so I wonder if you still have it, give it a really hard smack and see if it welds better. I'm half joking because <laughs> it was having the same problem with mine. Yeah. And it, I just gave it a really hard whack on the side of the head. And like I was rushing, it was gave it like a frustrated, like there's nothing else to do except for this. Cause I was in the middle of making the video when it stopped welding deeply. Mm. It was just welding slightly. It wasn't welding deeply. And so you're kind of probably at the same precipice with that machine, but it's, yeah, it's ancient history now that you got a better unit. Yeah, yeah. So it was really encouraging, and I mean, the help that I got from people, you know, for the specific stuff to try was super awesome, uh, and I appreciated that a lot. But it was also really gratifying to be like, oh, it's not me. There's not completely yeah, me. That, it's partially me. Light bulb went off. Yeah, and that because I honestly was feeling, and I told you guys this in text, I was starting to feel like you know, welding may be a thing that I just don't get to do well. It may just be one of those things that right. I just can't do, you know. Um, 
So now I know everybody can weld. Now I know that the machine works, and so anything else is me. So now I have to practice, and now I can figure out what to practice easier than just like nothing works. So yeah. Anyway, thanks for watching along with that, David, and for everybody. That- it was it was it was fun. It was it was a cliffhanger every time. That's why I was like <laughs> kept coming back. So uh, actually, it kind of made me uh, think about how I can. Uh, change up some of my Instagram stories. So it was it was just that good. Huh. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I after I finished that lounge chair a couple weeks ago, I mean, I, I did that one a few weeks back and it just went out last week. But I obviously need to make more than one chair. <laughs> but I was like, after that one, I'm like, man, I just, I don't feel like slogging through this again, you know, I'm like having to spend all this time welding and then all the time grinding it back down just to be able to get like something that looks reasonable and and then now with this new one, I'm like, yesterday I was in Nashville, and the whole day I was like, man, I want to get back and weld. I want to get back and do this chair because it <laughs> it'll be fun to like, look, I stuck two pieces together and it took two seconds. So yeah. I'm excited about it again. And especially welding with 220. When I was at uh, FabTech working with Lincoln and had all the machines on 220 and the same machines I use every day on 110, the difference was phenomenal. It actually, 110 opens up a... A new set of menus that, I mean, rather when you connect your variable voltage one to two twenty, it opens up a new set of menus on the digital screen. Oh. Gives you more capabilities of welding thicker stuff, which when you're on one ten, it limits. Yeah, because it knows it's going to work within that voltage. So hmm. crazy. Yeah. So I did a lot of welding experimentation this uh, past weekend, and just also have been. I made a big list for myself of stuff that needed to get done while the family wasn't around or just, you know, stuff I've not gotten to. So lots of painting, lots of cleaning and putting on new doorknobs on the doors that, you know, are old and stuff like that. So I've just kind of been in that <laughs> land. But they're still gone for the rest of the week. So I've got a few more days of hopefully I can find some fun, creative stuff to do, take advantage of the fact that there's no kids sleeping throughout the <laughs> evening and stuff like that. So, yeah. What have you been doing, David? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, no, don't have any real projects on the bench right now. Just kind of working on the working on the website and doing things around the house. So I don't think I'll have a video this week. Um, this is my first week without Eric. So uh, I think maybe I just gave up and I don't want to do this anymore. But, uh, can I can yeah. I talk to that for a second? Uh, go ahead. When I'm we, joking, we had the, the class. No, no, because I had the same feeling. <laughs> we had the class and then we had the house full of people. And besides the class, we had guests and friends over. And my attention was completely taken by that. And it's fine. I really enjoy hanging out with new friends. Could not get myself to, to edit at the end of every evening. And it's been like that up until finally last night. It's Monday morning. I finally put a video up last night it's been almost two full weeks that I hadn't put a video up and so many people are checking on me. They're like, are you okay? Is everything all right? <laughs> hmm. And I was really appreciative that people noticed. And, you know, I got texts from a couple of close friends that, you know, we have an open communication, a couple of fans that just text me and through Instagram and uh, a couple of uh, DMS on Twitter. And even my father, my father called me, he goes, I noticed you haven't put up a video in a couple of weeks. Is everything okay? I was like, yeah, huh. I've just been so busy with, with a house full of guests, and then and then Jocko came. So the guests uh, for the for the class were here, and then Jocko came on the last day of them. They overlapped, and then me and Jocko just been goofing off, having fun all week long. And uh, Jocko did a couple of videos. He launched his his knife thing, 
Bob, and you saw Bob's a big part of that. Bob is oh. the voiceover for Chaco's. A very small part of that, <laughs> but <laughs> oh no, no, but I'm saying, oh, you went, oh, I thought you didn't like your voice. Oh no, was, that was fun. That was a blast to do. Yeah, it's like a nice little, it's a nice little like added bonus that when you listen to Jocko's Kickstarter pitch, the, the voice sounds familiar. Everyone's like, who is that? Why do I know that voice? Because it's Bob, Bob doing his movie voice, his movie voice over action movie voice. Right. It's great. <clears throat> and so then with Jocko, we just goofed off late every night, and neither one of us wanted to make any videos, and. One, all of a sudden, one week led into two weeks, and finally I posted a video last night. So I got that feeling like, is this the moment? Is this that moment that's inevitably going to come huh. where you just go, I'm never going to make another video, and I'm just happy to do something different? <laughs> wow. <laughs> it, it, really, it, it really wasn't that drastic, but in my mind, there's always that moment. You know, yeah. like when you're in a relationship with a girl, and you're like, there's going to be that moment where we just don't talk anymore. There's going to be that moment where I just don't talk to YouTube anymore. You know, there's going to be that moment... Uh, wait, it's wait, really wait! Are we gonna future. have that moment? Because I'm now I'm worried. No, Jimmy's gonna break up with us. <laughs> no, no, no! This <laughs> it's not you. No, 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 this podcast is gonna. This go. is gonna last. You know, there's always like <laughs> <laughs> we we already picked the venue out for making it 1,000. Oh yeah, right? nice. Yep, that place. Yep, that place <laughs> the, the, the museum. Yeah, the place yeah. with the thing. Kind of yeah. a running joke with our marriage is like uh, we'll we'll schedule like a like a dinner or a going out like a month or two in advance or like a concert or something and like well we have to be together for the next two months if we're going to go to that show <laughs> so yeah. it's like it's like it's like a way to keep the marriage going that doesn't work because I was in love with a girl that was leaving me and I said but wait we're supposed to go to Europe in two months she's like no I can't see a trip we're not doing that. oh it's like but wait we thought we have Europe to go to it's like no 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 we're not doing that. Europe's closed. I, so, We're not doing that. <laughs> that was a long time ago. This is this is totally off off track. But I I was uh, dating this girl. It was like it was a long term relationship, and I had tickets to go see Kurt Vonnegut, my favorite author in the world, go speak at in in Cleveland. And we got into an argument, which I I, I really am. It's very rare that I ever get into an argument, but we got into an argument and I was so mad that I didn't go. And then Kurt Vonnegut passed away like a few weeks later. And I was like, ah, stupid girls. Dang. Uh, <laughs> and I apologize to all, all, all the ladies out there. All the stupid girls. <laughs> Just, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. They're not all that way, so, but yeah. Then <laughs> uh, it was <laughs> looking back, looking back, it was probably all me. So, mm. Uh, that's a bummer. Stupid boys. <laughs> Stupid boys. That's that's the better. <laughs> that's, right. that's the better phrase for sure. So jumping back a little so bit. That, and, and, sorry, were you not finished? Uh, I was going to talk about something else that was going on. Well, okay, Go can we jump back a little bit? Because I'm curious about something. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. But you interviewed a guy to run camera. Do you want to talk about that at all? Like, did it work? Not work? What's the- sure. Uh, the interview was fantastic. Um, uh, it was a friend of a friend and basically he is kind of like a freelancer. And I was like, this guy's, he's great. We had, uh, we, we met at a coffee shop and, and, um, told him, I gave him the, the offer and then I haven't heard back from him. So I'm assuming, mm. um, that I'm not, I'm not paying enough, uh, or it's just not the right fit for him. But, um, so, you know, I got to move on. And I'm actually interviewing somebody else today. I think what's oh, cool. going to happen is I'm going to uh, work by myself at maybe through July just so I can get 
relearn how to do some of that stuff. And I like interruptions. I like, I don't like feeling comfortable. And I definitely got into this, this rhythm that was comfortable and it was working. And whenever I'm comfortable, it's, that's when I get scared. Like I'm going to get bored of this. And so mm. I, I, I welcome change. I love interruptions. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah. Okay. That's, that could be a whole topic by itself, but that's what you were saying. <laughs> I didn't mean to derail you. No, 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 no. Uh, so anyway, this Saturday, uh, if you're listening to the, the day the podcast comes out tomorrow, I am having a meetup in Toledo, Ohio at my local hardwood dealer, Kencraft. And it's from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's Saturday, July 16th. And there's going to be some tool vendors there. I'm not sure exactly who. I'm pretty sure Craig is going to be there and and maybe um, Whiteside Bits uh, and a few others. But there's going to be demonstrations going on. Uh, I'm going to be signing and selling books. There's going to be some some games, some wood identification games there. And then um, I think Kencraft is doing a tour of their wood shop, which is <clears throat> it's it's massive uh not as is in size but the tools that they have they're industrial size wood cutting tools like they have this they don't use a table saw they have uh they call it like a um a straight line cutting saw and you just hmm. stick the board in there it grabs it and pulls it through and just cuts a straight line and like it's like a little conveyor belt and then they have these massive uh, trim molding machines and it's got like five different blades in there so you can get these different profiles and it just eats up a board and comes out perfectly uh, smooth and, and trim that's ready to go and their bandsaws are so massive that they're not upright they they sit horizontally like wow. it's it's just a it's a really cool shop and so if you're in the Toledo area please stop by and and say hello it'll be fun cool you said July 16th, but you mean June 16th, right? I mean June 16th. I am still on cup number one of coffee. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, cool. Um, oh, man, I had something else I was going to ask you. We were talking about camera people. Oh, I know we have a topic, for, but let's jump back. You said that you like interruptions. Mm-hmm. So do you like interruptions or you, do you just like stuff to be changing all the time? Like, do you, I, I, I guess I think, unexpected or expected? I guess that's kind of the question there. I think I, I just like stuff to be changing all the time. Hmm. Like, I, I don't like interruptions as in uh, I'm doing something and something stops that in its tracks. I like uh, I like I like I like the, the change of this is how I do something now but that's not how I'm going to do this thing in the future. It's the, the change is what keeps me excited about what I do. And it's probably why I've changed my video style so many times. And it's probably one of the reasons that my channel may have is not grown as fast as, as other channels is because I haven't stuck to one thing because I'm always looking for the thing that's most satisfying for me. And as, as, as long as I think, as long as I am happy and satisfied with what I'm doing, I think people will, will be there and I think the content will be good. Yeah, totally. I mean, people are drawn to people who are enjoying what they're doing for sure. Yeah. I yeah. was just curious about that. Like whether you meant things like that are unexpected, if you enjoy like disruption, because that's one way to, you know, some people like 
for stuff to be thrown off all the time and they have to figure it out. They have to <laughs> scatter to figure it out. Um, or if you meant like you just like stuff to be evolving. Because I, I kind of do too, but I do it like one of the things I love about doing this show with you two is that we all do the same thing in totally different ways. Because um, I really like stuff changing all the time as well, but I do it incrementally, like really small changes that people don't notice. And so I actually had somebody recently say like, yeah, I mean, like you found your style, your video style, and it's not changed since then. And I'm like, okay, sure. That's perfect. <laughs> that sounds good. You just hang on to that. That's good. But I mean, in reality, like every single video we do, we're constantly changing something. There are timing tweaks. Mm -hmm. There are improvements. There's planning about like, well, we didn't, I didn't talk enough in the last one or I talked too much. Maybe we need to space out how this thing is shot so that there's more empty space. And you know, the graphics, the audio is always changing. There's, I'm always doing tweaks for the same reason, I guess, so that I'm not like settled into something and like, up, oh, put it into, you know, neutral. Let's just go mm -hmm. down this road. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there's always, if you look at the beginning and you look at where you are now, there's always just that big drift to slowly changing. It could be like your, your presentation, which you know, there's so many things that we're unaware of that are changing as we do it. And it's the type of thing where you don't know until you look back at it. Yeah. You know, it's like seeing like somebody's young son or, or daughter and then seeing them like two weeks later and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, look at how big you got. But they didn't notice how big they got because they're living with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. if, if you're not embarrassed by your old work, then you're not doing something right. You're not evolving. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not getting better. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I didn't mean to derail us there, but um, it just came up. It came up recently in another conversation. So like real quick. Um, so. I do find it very frustrating when I'm working on a particular project and something goes unexpected where I have to change that project. Um, like a short term change. I'm not very, uh, I don't handle very well because now all of a sudden I don't know how long it's going to take me to make this project or to finish it, or it throws off the rest of the week because of, I have a very set schedule. And if I don't finish the project on Tuesday, that throws off my Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And so um, I, I, I like bigger scale changes and not 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 the small ones that that don't have any long term effects. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And I always try to make my I do my very best to have my latest video always be my best video. The best compliment I can get is when somebody says this is your best video because I'm always trying because I look back and I watch, you know, when we're editing the videos, we're basically watching that video, you know, at least 10 times you know, through the editing process and then the finalization and then the final, when it's all done, I, I have it full screen on my TV. I sit back, nobody can interrupt me. I need, I need to watch the full 10 minutes or however long it is without interruption because I'm checking for that flow. And then, you know, I'm, I, it has to pass that, that test. And so I'm always, it's really important to me that my latest video is always my best one. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about your week being pretty set. And I know a while ago, we, I don't remember how the conversation got, but we were talking about your like weekly schedule and how you could possibly kind of flip it on its head to make it different for you, but still productive. Mm -hmm. Did you ever do any of that stuff? Did you make any of those changes or was that not relevant? I, uh, no, I did. I didn't make the changes that I said I was going to make. And I didn't make the changes that you suggested. Um, what happened was I, uh, I, I, I did remove, I changed my release date from Thursday to Fridays and that kind of 
opened things up and made my week a little bit better. A long time ago, I was using a plugin. I think it was vidIQ or TubeBuddy. And it said, it, it analyzes your channel. And it would say like, Thursdays at 10 a.m. is the best time to release a video based on your audience. And so I took that and then just went with it for a couple of years. And um, and I in, in my head, I thought, Thursday is just my release day. That's when the audience expects it. And then about two months ago, I changed it to Fridays. Nobody noticed anything. Nobody said anything. It's just, hmm. And then it just made my week so much easier. Hmm. Have you noticed and, any, any difference in like view counts or any anything? No, no. Uh, I don't know that it had. I don't really think the day that you release affects view counts too much. I release whenever and everything seems to like, yeah. you know, my first 24 hours is always basically average hmm. typically. Yeah. So I've been, I've been keeping a, uh, um, so I use a, a spreadsheet. This is getting way into uh, way inside baseball, <laughs> but I, I keep a spreadsheet air table that Bob introduced me to a while back. And in that table, I, I put in all the, all the, my past videos and there's a column in there of what that how many views that video got after 28 days and so um youtube will tell you video by video what the view was at on the 28th day but you can't it's really you can only compare two videos within the youtube analytics and so i've been keeping track of all my videos so i can i can do a, a list of, and i can get a, a a bird's eye view of what videos perform well and and what which ones don't and by far, the ones that perform the best are shop projects. My workbench, my miter saw station, my mobile work cart. Like those, um, they just way outperform mm. the other ones. And then the ones that don't do well are uh, the beer can pencil holders, the ones that are really simple and and, and easy. I think um, so. I'm 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 using I'm using that as my chart to see what people like and what they don't. And the thing is, I don't really enjoy making shop furniture so i don't really enjoy shooting videos of the shop furniture <laughs> but i know it always does well yeah. you want to know something funny yeah. yes i'm making a video it's going to be eight pencil holders so it's going to perform eight times as worse <laughs> as yours no 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 no, like, no i okay here's what does work though if you said if in if your video type this is for me i notice if i say i'm going to make four of the th same thing four different right. ways people love that People love. Yeah. Well, what I'm doing is it's 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 a joke. It's kind of a joke. I, I wanted to make eight things very similar, utilizing the, it's a Burnsomatic sponsored video. So I want to show how I use the torch in so many different ways in the shop. So I was like, let me make one vessel or one object repetitively, so that people could at least compare. Oh, I made it. But in every instance, I use the torch some way or somehow. I make one in leather. I make one plastic, Corian, um, soldering metal together. I'm going to bend some metal. So by the time I'm done, it's going to be similar to I made a video years ago, like a, a bottle opener where it's like boom, 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 really quick. Oh, yeah. And I made bottle openers. So each little, each little sequence is going to end with like a, a cup getting filled with like the rest of pencils. Like, <laughs> two, three, four, five. So that's uh, so it's going to be a really fast paced video, but it's going to be a lot of fun. But I didn't even know what to call them. I just I so pitched them on the idea. I'm just going to make eight cups. I didn't even realize it. Oh, they need it. They need a purpose. And so in the process of making the first couple, I'm like, let's just call them pencil holders. I'll just call the video eight pencil holders. And nice. that was wasn't even in my mind while I started the project. So I was just going to make cups. I was calling it just eight different types of cups. Hmm. But none of them hold water. You know, it's just a metaphor. Um, Remind me to talk about my 
crazy pencil holder idea in the after show. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Um, can I announce something? Please. Yes. Um, so you said burns matic and that reminded me. Um, hang on, I'm writing crazy after show, so I can remind you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so burns matic is going to be sponsoring some videos for me as well, but they're sponsoring. I have a new series starting next week, and it's going to be a second video every week. And I've been working on this for, well, I've been thinking about it for about a year, and I just started shooting them recently. And so basically, the the show is called Bits, and it's just a little bit of information. So it's all the stuff that gets cut out of the main videos because it's not quite relevant enough, you know, or it's like things that don't really have a project around them. They're just things that you should know that would help you. So it's a way to to build... They're, they're short videos. They're kind of fast, like you were talking about. You know, they're three, four minutes. And it's just like, hey, did you know how to use a speed square? This is how you use a speed square. Here are all the things on it. Cool. Now you know. Later. It's like that. Um, and so they're going to be one every... I think we're going to put them out on Mondays. So there'll be that and then projects on Thursdays. But the idea being that when I use... Like, for instance, when I use a speed square in the future, I can always be like, hey, if you want to figure out how to actually use this thing, go look at that video because it has all the details this is how I'm using it right here. Yeah, and so I'm trying I've to done build... that, and it works so. Sorry to interrupt, yeah. but like it, it works so well. So I, I've got uh, a picture frame, make a jig, and a, and a and a sled, and then a couple other like doweling technique videos. And when you and so future videos, I can just say, um, I, I can blow past that part and just say, go check out the video for more yeah. details. And it works so well, and it helps the flow of future videos. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the... And I oh. need to do more of it, but it's it's really hard to put up two videos. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. No, yeah. So, I mean, I, I structured these in a way that it actually should be easier for me to produce them. So, they're... Hmm. It's like, you know, a rough outline. Well, I don't need to talk about all this. But anyway, I've, I'm trying to make them quick and easy to make so that I will continue to make them. Um, but the cool thing was, because they're smaller and they have a different purpose, I was able to kind of package them. So, burns is going to be sponsoring a few of them. And some other people are sponsoring different groups, different packages of them. But it gives me a way to build like a different type of video on the channel that kind of supports the main project video. So without replacing them or anything. So anyway, that starts this week. Well, there's a, an announcement video coming out this week that says, hey, there's going to be a new thing. This is what it's called. This is what it's going to be. You know, it'll start next week so that people kind of know what's coming. Um, nice. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Anyway. Do we have a? Do we have an actual topic? We're thirty minutes in. Haven't gotten to the topic. Yeah. The thing is, we have an actual topic, but none of us are experts on this topic, so we might not have a whole lot to say about it. So oh, I'm well, glad we're thirty minutes in. That's good. <laughs> um. So la- a couple weeks ago, I did a s- sponsored Facebook post and a sponsored Instagram post with Ram Trucks, and basically, I got to use a 2019 Ram truck for four days. The agency um, told me ahead of time, the truck is going to come with liability and it will be your responsibility to have full coverage on it. And you need to do this, um, blah, 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 contracts, whatever. And (laughs) then then the, yeah, business, business, business. Then the plan was to just build the agency, whatever my insurance company was going to charge. And so I thought, okay, they'll drop the truck off to this Tuesday morning and I'll just call my insurance agent and everything would be fine. And so they did. I call my insurance company and I'm like, I need temporary insurance on this truck uh, for four days. 
And they said, you don't own or you're not leasing this truck? And I said, no. And they're like, we can't, we can't get you insurance on a truck that you don't own or lease uh, unless it's for business. I'm like, yeah, it's for business. And they're like, okay, well, you need business insurance to do so. And I was like, oh boy. So, yeah. um, And then I've never had a, a car dealer or a car sponsorship. So this was all new to me. And so that took me down the whole rabbit hole of getting business insurance, which, um, which will then cover vehicles in the future, but it also will cover um, things like if somebody tries to do something in one of my videos and then hurts themselves and then blames me and tries to sue me, this is this fits all within there. And this is not something I've really thought about too much before. Uh, although, like three years ago, I had my lawyer friend on my uh, on my channel answering some legal questions, and and uh, it's a it's a gray area if somebody does something they see on YouTube, whether or not who's responsible. And that's why there's lawyers and, and, and courts uh, uh, for all this stuff. And so I thought, let's talk about safety. Who, uh, who in your mind is responsible? And, and um, you know, we don't have to talk about the business insurance thing, but I, I just want to talk about liability with what we do. I, I could add a little bit too, like that being blindsided with you need insurance. So when I was doing the negotiation for the television show that was uh, Dirty Money, where we shot it in my workshop. I was already I was already really annoyed by the whole negotiation for my show fee, my episodic show fee, because it, was, it wasn't considerably high. I mean, it, we shot those episodes. I think I got paid $3,000 per episode. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, let's just do it this way. And then there was basically, that's what you're getting paid. If you don't want to do, if you want more, then we just won't do the show. I mean, that's the negotiating tactic from the TV networks. And so uh, everybody's like, you got to do it. It could, could be huge. So we went with it. And then they were about to do the show and, and they're gearing up and they're sending lighting guys into the workshop to set up lights. And then I, I hear from the production company like, oh, you need uh, liability insurance in the workshop. You need a policy. I'm like, I don't have a policy and I never needed one. And I'm not going to get one now. And they're like, oh, no, no. Then the show won't happen. I was like, then the show won't happen. I was really like, I don't care. I don't, I just don't not care. You know, I've already been like pushed to the point of like almost not of like quitting because they're just constantly pushing on you. And they said, okay, let's do it this way. It all has to be in your name. So let's bring you right to the water trough. You pay for it. We'll pay you back immediately, but everything has to be in your name. So you have to deal with the agent. You have to give them all your information. So we ultimately did do that. And it was several thousand dollars, maybe $3,000 for policy for six months. And they paid me back. But it was to ensure the workspace so that in case anybody there got hurt, the production team had insurance. I had my own insurance, which they paid for. And But it became a real sticking point. And it got to the point where I was like, I am not paying for this. I do not care. You know, you, you bend me over the barrel for my show fee and you expect me to have insurance. I go, shoot the thing somewhere else. I don't care. It doesn't have to be here. And then that's when they, they acquiesced and the production company paid me back. But then talking to the insurance company, you said to me, David, you said, does anybody have business insurance? I said, I had business insurance. It was like paying a dominatrix to talk to on the phone every couple of weeks, get yelled at and scolded. And then I get off the phone and go, oh, wow, guess that's good. Because uh, every single time I spoke to the insurance, they actually came and inspected the space. And it's like, move this. This can't be here. This step has to be fixed. Oh my goodness. You got to make sure that this this cable isn't hanging. And I'm like, what? I'm paying to be verbally abused by these inspectors. And 
it, it was really, uh, wasn't fun. And then, so I also never really had insurance when I delivered stuff to buildings and people would say, do you have insurance? To, you need like 2 million liability and slip and fall and all this stuff. And I said, I don't have it. And they're like, oh, I'm like, I don't have it. So I don't have it. So I'm not going to do the job. And then they would always bend over backwards to figure out how I can get it. I never actually paid for insurance. We ended up figuring out that if I was going to bring something to somebody's apartment, I would just pay a mover. The client would pay a mover. So I bring it to the building. And if we, like, for instance, like the Time Warner Towers, when I had to do this a couple times, I had to bring a product into the Time Warner Tower, which is right on Columbus Circle. I paid a moving company, and then the client paid me back. And the moving company had all the insurance. So I'd meet them literally on the street. We'd take the product, I'd stick it in the back of their truck. They'd back into the loading dock. And then the two guys that worked for the moving company would bring it up to the 100th floor, whatever floor we were going to. And then I'd go up with them. I'd just be like, put it over there. And when we got it inside, then they left. Their obligation was over. And now it's in the building. You know, I'm in the private suite, wherever it is for the client. And then I, you know, it was nothing that was hanging or it was basically just like an object that was placed in place. That's that's now, if I ever do anything anymore, it's always like, I'm never going to install. It's, it's something that I can just bring and put in place. Then that's all I want to do. But that was one way I got around it was uh, having movers with big liability insurance policies to bring things into apartments. And uh, another thing I did is uh, my friend would put me on his policy. I did that a couple of times. There's a big fancy building uh, where Leonardo lived and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio lived and I had to have insurance. So the couple of times I went in there, my friend literally called his agent, put me on his insurance policy for the day. They gave me his certificate oh, paperwork. Wow. And and so I just had, I just used his company's name. I was an employee for him for the day, whatever. And I mean, it was legit. You know, they were covered in case anything did happen. But that was another way I got around it. And he never even asked me for money or anything. He just said, because he had such a big loss leader with insurance and lots of other things. He had a bigger company than me. And so that was one way I handled it. And um, then when that policy ended with the with the, my workshop after the TV show dissolved and went away, and then they said, do you want to renew? I was, I was like, no. And they're like, you don't want insurance? Like They tried to like instill this little fear factor in me. I was like, no, I don't need it anymore. The TV show's gone, and that's that. And they're like, oh, well, okay. Well, you know, if something happens, you it's like, no, thank you. What was it? Nothing ever happened. Yeah. One of the things that I, I want to point out to some of the people that might do what we do for a living is I assumed, like probably lots of us assume, because there's no handbook on how to be a YouTuber, but I just assumed this is all stuff that happens in my house. This is all covered under my homeowner's insurance or uh, policy. And it turns out if you are running a business in your home and something does happen, the insurance company can say you had a business. This is not covered under your homeowner's policy. And then you're totally screwed. Um, and I, we're still finalizing. We're still adding up prices of my tools and, and video equipment. But it turns out um, insurance for what I do is actually not going to be that much. We're talking like a few hundred dollars a year. So it's, it's oh, wow. um, yeah, so it's probably something I should have done a long time ago. It's just something I've never thought about. And um, uh, going back to the, the the truck sponsorship thing, I there's ants everywhere. I got ants just crawling all over my desk. This is <laughs> disgusting. You got to get ant insurance, man. Yeah, ant insurance. <laughs> I got yeah. Um, but uh, uh, I I contacted another content creator who's done uh, a car thing in the past, and 
I was talking to him and I was like, how did you, do you have business insurance and how did you handle the, the car thing? And he told me he had a completely different experience with his sponsor where he wasn't allowed to drive the car. He couldn't even be, get in the car. Um, but he says, I, you know, we do have insurance in case somebody does hurt themselves because it's, it's, it's going to happen someday and somebody is going to be the example. Um, hmm. Some YouTuber is going to be the example and possibly set how this works uh, going forward. So, um, can I ask you a question is, about? Yeah, I keep, I keep interrupting you today. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Um, I keep repeating myself. I was just going to say the same thing that I was like, "This is it's it's not as much as I thought it was going to be," and so I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So, with that cost, um, do you have a, a rough idea of like what the coverage is as far as like what? Uh, what things are included are covered, not, not coverage amounts, but you know, what will a business in your home be, what parts will be covered by business insurance? I guess. I can't answer that just yet, but maybe we can do a follow-up next week when the policy is in place. And then maybe I can, I'll have some, some numbers and figures to share. Yeah, that would be cool. Cause after you mentioned it a couple weeks ago in text, I, um, so we're about to close on our house supposed to be this Friday um, and so part of that is getting home and home, homeowners insurance set up and all that stuff. You know, she was asking about, do you need business insurance? And I said, well, probably, but let's get the home done and then we'll figure that out. So I have to have the same conversation, um, you know, in a couple of weeks. So yeah, I was just curious I was, what, if you knew, but yeah, I think when we were talking over the weekend via text, I said, um, you know, Hopefully, I have this, the policy will be in place, and I could talk about these things. But it's um, I'm, I'm holding up the thing because I'm currently creating a spreadsheet of all my tools. By spreadsheet, I mean Airtable. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> uh, of of all my tools, video equipment, and office equipment, and um, they they just kind of need a a rough figure of the value of, of my business. And um, turns out, when you when you buy tools nonstop for five years. You get a lot, a lot of, of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jimmy, you should take inventory of your tools and put it in a spreadsheet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. They're all right here, my friend. Okay. <laughs> under your, Pointing at my under head. Under your hat. <laughs> no, the other day I was walking. I, I was showing some guys, friends around. My, my, my buddy Kevin was here. And we were walking around. And my looking at my container, I'm like, oh, there's that welder. I didn't know what happened to that. And then I said, Kevin, you want that welder? He's like, yeah, I'll take it. I'm like, I'll take it. I'm not going to use it anymore. So it's funny. I had so much stuff now. I'm walking around. I forget what I still have and what I don't have. But I have a I have a blanket or it's called an umbrella policy for my life. So I have over a million dollars in property loss uh, for uh, for products and pro- cars and tools and stuff. And that's why when I when my trailer got stolen, I thought I was covered. But because it's such a big policy, it's got a big deductible. So, like, if my whole entire workshop goes, I'm at, it's under my blanket umbrella. Everything I get paid for everything is all under this so-called umbrella. And when my trailer got stolen, I called my agent and I said, "Yeah, my thing got stolen." He said, "All right, I'll connect you with a policy person or a whatever claims agent." And I was talking to her, and da, da, da. oh, okay, it says here your deductible is seven thousand. So anything above and beyond seven thousand, we cover. How much was the trailer? Seven thousand. Thank you. Have a good day. So that was the end of that. But if it's a much bigger deal, like if my shop for some reason gets in trouble and I, I actually lose tools, 
uh, or lose whatever. So I'm covered. I'm covered in that regard. But if somebody comes in my shop and gets hurt or, you know, people always ask me what kind of insurance policy I have for the classes. Uh, I'm a little loosey-goosey, probably detrimentally so, but I make everybody sign a waiver. My lawyer friend wrote up a a waiver and everybody that comes to the class signs the waiver. Basically says, I understand I'm going to be using dangerous tools and I will not try and sue anybody if I injure myself on the the use of my own skill set or whatever. And it basically says also in there, don't go beyond what you know your skill set is and you should be okay, or at least I should be okay. Obviously, you know, this weekend, the only person that got hurt was Brett. He cut his thumb uh, with a with a knife, but that was because it fell off the table and he went to catch it and he cut his hand it's and he's okay. It was, he didn't need stitches. He didn't need stitches, but he, you know, so he was the only person, the only casualty. And so far that I think has been the only time anybody's gotten hurt in any of the classes that I've helped. And, uh, but an interesting note, I spoke to a friend. We were just having this conversation the other day. Uh, a friend of mine, he's a YouTuber and a friend. And we were discussing, it wasn't Jocko, by the way, but we, we were discussing uh, insurance. And he was talking to his insurance agent. And he's small and he doesn't have a whole lot of overhead. He doesn't have a whole lot of assets. And he, the insurance agent spoke to him and said, look, if you're making stuff and you're, you're giving it out or you're holding a class, because you don't have a lot. Because if you have insurance, you're going to end up in court if somebody gets hurt. Because if you don't have insurance, that person's lawyer is going to look at your life and say, okay, he rents this, he rents that, he, he has a payment on this thing and that piece of equipment. This guy's got nothing. It's not even worth taking him to court. So the insurance agent talking to him said, you're better off not having insurance. Wow. Because your life will be less of a hassle because you have nothing to take. Huh. Because no one's going to want your, you know, your room full of equipment. God forbid, you know, people only sue because they want to get, you know, an annuity if they can. And you have nothing to provide that annuity to somebody who's going to maybe lay claim to something. So I thought that was really interesting. He said, because the insurance agent just basically looked at me and said, don't even bother. Right now, it doesn't make a point. Wow. Where somebody like me or Bob or Dave, you guys, we all own houses and we have a little bit more to lose. It probably pays to have a, an insurance policy. Hmm. Yeah. So I do know your that, own research. Yeah, do your own research. Every situation is going to be different as far as like the reach that you have and the assets that you have and the coverage that you need and all that stuff. Um, I know that when Josh came on full time, that was a big shift for me because I had to start paying payroll and figure out how to. Whereas before, you know, like I was the only employee of the company. So you can do that payment, your salary in a few different ways for a while. And so when he came on, it was like, well, now I have to legitimately set up payroll. I have to get a W-2. Both of us will be on payroll. And part of setting that up here anyway is, um, you know, paying unemployment insurance and workers comp. They're required. So. Oh, that's so difficult. Yeah. So have it's kind of good, even though he signed a thing saying, like, I don't need workers comp. Like, it's fine. Like, I'll I'll deal with whatever. But it's required by the state. So I got it anyway. Um, and that's good because if anything happens to either one of us in the shop, then it's covered through that, you know, our medical bills and stuff would be covered through that, but that doesn't cover loss of equipment or, you know, I don't really make things and install it or give it to people. So I'm not so worried about, you know, things happening. Like you were talking about installing something in a a high rise or whatever, Yeah. but I still think it's probably going to be something that I should just have in place for the sake of. You know, yeah, if something, some crazy random thing happens, I don't want my home and the lifestyle of my children to be affected by a mistake that I just didn't take care of because I was too cheap to buy insurance. You know, (laughs) it's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> there, there's not, that's not worth it. So, yeah. Uh, as far as product liability insurance goes, which is something I spoke to somebody about this week, me and my personal company, now the company that sells ice picks and t-shirts and stuff is called I Make, I, I Make Limited. That's the name of that company. I started with a friend of mine about a year ago. So my business partner, Howard, and, and I went through and I said, should we get product liability insurance? And he said, well, right now, it's a risk assessment. We have nothing to sue for. So it basically, it's a similar concept that this agent said. He said, if we get if we begin to develop a lot of assets, maybe we'll get it. But we're selling an ice pick, which is a tool. And uh, so at the moment, we don't have product liability insurance, but it's something we're probably going to get. I have a couple of other products in mind. And when they, we make a little bit more complicated products, it's a tool. It's definitely going to be something we, we're going to have to assess at one point and decide to get. And then recently a fan asked me, should I get product liability insurance? He started a small furniture business, which he said now is growing. He's making hundreds of pieces and selling them to retailers. And he said, I don't know if I should get it or not. And, and I, my first question was, are the retailers asking you for it? Because a lot of people won't sell products, of course, unless it's got product liability insurance. And he said, they're not asking for it yet, but he thinks he should probably maybe look into it. And, and it is definitely a risk assessment if you're selling somebody a chair. Like when we would rent, we would we would Airbnb the house. And the one thing that I was always nervous about somebody suing us for is the chairs that we had outside because I was constantly repairing them. We I had a bunch of wooden chairs. I got like 25 wooden chairs. They were all the same chair, but the weather started deteriorating. They were on the porch. So they weren't in direct rain, but being on the porch, they get weathered. And, and so I was always afraid. I'm constantly putting screws in them to keep them from falling apart. And I just eventually said, let's just spend a couple thousand dollars. And we got all new steel chairs that cannot fall apart. Because I'd come back to the house after people would be renting. And one of the chairs will have like been completely dismantled. Like all the joints fell apart. And they just threw it in, in near the garbage. And I'm like, that's not good. So when, I, when that actually happened, I said, that's it. We just got these steel country farmhouse tables, chairs that stack. And they look good. They look appropriate. They look like some kind of Martha Stewart thing. We got them at a restaurant store. But that was the one thing that I was always afraid of. And uh, so I covered my my butt on that by getting chairs that nobody can. Because that's what, where you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt falling out of a chair. So I said to this guy, I said, oh, your chair is reliable and sturdy. And you know, what's going to happen? I said, if someone's going to sit in your chair, it's going to fall and they're going to break a vertebrae. Then maybe product liability insurance is something you should consider. And in that case, like as the scale of production increases, you can work that insurance into the cost per chair. You know, like it doesn't make right. sense if you're amortize it out. Yeah, if you're selling 10 chairs a year, that doesn't make sense. But if you're selling a thousand, yeah, you can break that right. down. Huh? You put another $2 in each chair and then there's your, there's your premium $2,000 for instance. Yeah. So speaking of products, um, unless you guys have anything else about liability and. No, I just think it's most, it's like you guys said earlier, it's really a, a personal thing. You really got to ask, you get, you make friends with an agent that you could trust. It's like everybody should have a friend that's a lawyer. Everybody should have a friend that's an insurance agent. And that, in that case, is my cousin Jimmy is my insurance agent. He covers my house in the blanket. And from time to time, I'll call him and ask him. Oh, one more story. And then we could. Is, la- is his last name Duresta? No, okay. uh, Jimmy Orr. Oh. I, I have uh, my Italian family and my, my Irish family. Jimmy's from my Irish family. Gotcha. Uh, it's funny. I got my 23 and me done the other day. And I'm exactly like 45% Italian and like 45% English Irish. And wow. the rest is unknown and scattered. <laughs> unknown. Nice. I'm actually point. I'm actually point. Oh, I haven't told my my close friend Danny, who's very religious Jew. I'm point oh one percent Ashkenazi Jew. Huh. So, 
It's a very, so, very small percentage. Yeah, because it said like whatever. <laughs> I know. If anybody gets to 23 me, it just says other and then that. I'm like, how could you not know what the other is broken down into? But you have 0.01%. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm ten thousandths. I'm ten thousandths uh, Ashkenazi Jew. Um, I know how to read a caliper now. Thanks to my friend Kevin. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, so re- recently I've been offered a contract, and we're going through the contract details, and it's a, with a company I'm going to be doing promotion for. And my and my agent's like, "Do you have this?" And it says. It says liability insurance. And I was like, why do I need liability insurance? This is a thing where I'm going to perform for them. I'm not going to actually make videos. I'm going to actually, I'm going to go somewhere and do a performance for them. And I was like, why do I need insurance to show up there to do what they want me to do? Is it so my words don't hurt anybody? Why do I need (laughs) business liability insurance? I said, this makes zero sense. And I, I did at one point in the negotiation, I offered the idea of doing it here in my shop, me doing my entertainment value for them and that they would tape me doing it. And I said, is this because we might do this entertainment project in my facility? Because that's never been clarified and my facility is not done yet. So if we're going to start, we're going to be in an empty shop with no electricity because no one's ever said, yeah, that's a great idea. And he eventually we went back and forth and I called my cousin and he's like, well, if you need it, we're going to have to start getting you a quote together. But I didn't understand why I needed it because I said, I'm going to go to a location and perform. Why do I need product? Why do I need business insurance, liability insurance? It makes it up to like, and it said required up to, is this in case somebody slips on my shoes? I don't understand why we would need this. And he he eventually wrote back to me, my agent and says, I'm going to try and have it stricken from the contract. He says, every time it's included in most boilerplate contracts, I have it stricken from the contract Mm. because I don't really understand why you would need it. It doesn't really make sense. But we kind of went down the road eventually. And I just said, give me a good explanation why I need it. And then I'll get a quote. I said, but right now I don't have this. And they couldn't come up with a good explanation. And so he's like, don't worry, I'll work on getting it stricken from the contract. And as of now, I think it's probably, I haven't heard about it again. This was early last week. Late last week, rather, just before the weekend. So I don't know where we're at now with that. But it's weird. I mean, like I said, if you could explain to me why I need it, and maybe I could talk to my insurance guy, and then maybe we'll get it. But until then, I don't think I need it. Hmm. So anyway, if you get a contract from somebody, also just read the fine print and make sure, or get your agent to read the fine print, because I just go, where do I sign? And it's okay, where's the money? But my agent reads everything. I will say that... um we have a an insurance broker and like they do all the work homeowners insurance car insurance and then this business insurance so it's it's nice to have somebody out there doing the work for you and and coming back with with quotes and stuff yeah by the way i have car insurance through a company that has a lizard as the uh, spokesperson and (laughs) i'll tell you what they've been nothing but but great to me They've been great. I mean, I, I had to make a claim. I got a $10,000 check like two days after I spoke to them on the phone. Whoa. Couldn't believe it. I was expected to fight. And then I'm like, you're not going to drop me after this claim? They're like, nope. You've been a good customer and standing. And it's like, cool. And it's been like another eight years since that claim. And and nothing's. And I recently just moved my address to upstate. And my insurance policy like almost like went down two thirds because of my location. Maybe part um, of that other in your 23 and me is lizard and they knew that and they're like sweet he's one of us <laughs> yeah anyway it's a reptilian um so we were you were talking about products earlier i wanted to make sure that we uh made a, a note and i'm going to put a link to the in the show notes to jocko's knife so he yes. put out this maker knife 
and it's a really cool utility knife and I cannot wait to get my hands on it and see it because it looks pretty sweet. Um, but he, he, he put out a Kickstarter for it and I think it got funded in two hours or something. And he was only asking for like $11,000 or something. And he got funded yeah. that I, I'm looking at it right now. It's at $96,000. <laughs> he was so nervous i said he was with me and like every day he's like procrastinating and neurotic i'm like when are you going to release the video when are you going to release because he wanted he had a little video prepared to announce it he's like i don't know maybe tomorrow i'm too nervous nervous." (laughs) i said you're gonna do well you're gonna do well there's no doubt about it and uh he's putting out a duresta version of it we discussed we ended up just coming up with a simple elegant solution he's gonna because he has this replaceable side on the knife that can come off and on and you could actually, he might sell it with optional kits. So you could put like a, a polycarbonate side on it, but we figured out a way to apply my logo to it. And he's going to offer that as like a special edition version. Nice. That's funny. Cause I had talked to him about you, doing, an, I like to make stuff version as well. And he was like, yeah, I'm talking to Jimmy about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So I think he's going to do that to everybody. It's, it's nice because for him, it's, he said, it's just because you guys inspired me and I really just want to pay homage to you. So that was very nice of him. Yeah. So thank you, Josh. So everybody needs to go back it. I mean, obviously it's going to happen regardless because it's already funded, but he still has 30 days to go <laughs> on the Kickstarter. Yeah, I know. So yeah, you've got time and it looks like there, I'm looking at the rewards. There are several rewards left. Like a lot of time Kickstarter, you know, all the levels that you would actually want to get and could afford to get are gone pretty quickly, but he's still got like some good ones. Like there's a two pack of them, which is pretty awesome. So anyway. That'll be linked in the show notes. Go check it out and show some support to a really smart, cool dude who has come up with a cool product. So yeah. I'd like to hang out with him. And more. you know, it's funny. Oh, he's, we have so much fun so when cool. we're together. We, we just laugh the entire time. And Jocko, he just, it, it just as far as just a, another little added bonus for him going through this process, he said he's always ever, he's only ever had software companies or software concepts. He says it's the first physical thing he's made and designed and developed. And he said the education he just got was like a master's degree in product design. Hmm. It took him several months to get to the point where you saw that. And so it's a, it's an interesting, it's just a highlight, the interesting concept of if you want to develop a product or develop anything, you get that education. Yeah. So he said, if, if this completely fell flat on its face, I knew that I was at least going to have this education for the next hardware product I wanted to make. So we discussed a lot about that. And I think it's something that a good, good thing to keep in mind. It's always an education when you venture into something new. And that's a huge added value. So if your project doesn't work out, at least you have the education of what it went, of how you got there and how to change it for the next pass through. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, before we talk about what we're watching... I want to thank our Patreon supporters, as always, because we are super grateful for everybody over there. Um, Everybody that supports us on Patreon at any level gets the after show, and David has something crazy to talk about today in the after show. (laughs) I'm going to build it up. Um, Yeah. Oh, crazy pencil holders. Here we go. Crazy pencil holders. So uh, (laughs) big thanks to our top supporters over there. Um, Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Malton Make, Works by Solo, Michael Schubert, Dora Sharir, Chad from Mancrafting, and make, build, modify. And if you want to get the after show and support us, you can go to patreon.com slash making it, and we would really appreciate it. Are we going to talk any more about the thing with the thing that we talked about last week? Maybe? No? The thing is a dead There's, thing. It's a dead thing. So, yeah. thing is dead. Anyway. Yeah, that's cool. There's nothing. There's no thing. No th- <laughs> There's no thing. <laughs> well, what have you guys been watching? 
right, I will go first. There's a new channel I discovered called Measured Workshop, and they're really super cool projects. The, a lot of them are music based, and I don't know how I didn't. How did I not know about this channel? Is it's super cool? Um, Laughing Squid, they tweeted out one of his videos yesterday, and then I dug some, dug a little deeper, and I'm like, this is this is my new favorite channel. So just check it out; it's really cool. Wow, crazy crazy projects on there. Yeah, sweet. Have you guys been watching John Highs and Matthias Wandel's channel? <laughs> yeah, the Matthias is called the Wandel Highs Project, <laughs> and it's really awesome. It's like the same thing that it's like it's. They talk about all the ins and outs and all the whiny troll comments. And it's actually, it's a good insight into the, the dirty underbelly of YouTube. Because they talk about a lot of the, the advertising deals that work and don't work. And they, they comment on the comment section. So <laughs> Matthias is, is, is brutally honest and so is John. So I, I thank those guys for their contribution to the YouTube Dirty underbelly, YouTube. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, they, uh, they 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 speak their mind, and I I respect that great greatly. Yeah, yeah. It's, and like I said, it's, if anybody is starting YouTube, and there's some good insight there, and you know some do's and don'ts, just learn from their mistakes. It, it, Matthias talking about his uh, his his product placement video that went horribly wrong. <laughs> it cost him money. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, mine is actually kind of self-promotion, maybe kind of, but not really. So remember a few weeks ago, I was talking about when I went to Maker Central, I got to go to uh, the Royal Society and shoot a video with Brady for objectivity. So that video came out, yeah. I think it was last week. And so mainly I want to put that out, not because I'm in it, but because I think the objectivity videos are really cool. And so it's the video I'll link to the video that I was in where they showed me the design for a cart with leg, a cart with legs from like 16 something, something. And, uh, so you get to see this really awesome drawing that this guy made of what a cart with legs would look like. And he was trying to get other people to, to actually make it. He just invented it. And anyway, but if, if you like that sort of historical sciencey, exploration then the objectivity channel is really cool because they just go into this archive and they just find crazy old stuff and they talk about hey, look what we found it has this thing and it was signed by this crazy dude and you know it's cool stuff so you said a cart with legs a you mean like a legs. like a rolling yes so hmm. don't carts have legs or do all carts considered to have wheels wheels a cart would have two wheels and two legs. No, that's what I'm picturing. No, this is like a cart that would pull behind a horse. So there wouldn't be any standalone legs. You're thinking like a, oh, okay. like a food so this cart is... or something. No, this is like a, a yeah, horse-drawn yeah. cart. But instead of wheels in the back, it had legs. <laughs> with with so toes. Did the legs walk like those did the legs walk walk like uh like those beach things? No. Not the strong beast. And that was what I said. They actually cut that part out of the video. But that was my reaction was, well, people have been trying to do this. And they've actually figured out, you know, uh, Theo Jansen or whatever his name is, has figured out a good way to do this yeah. mechanism. And it works, walks down the beach. This was a guy named Francis Potter in like 16 something in England who made a cart with two human looking legs okay. <laughs> underneath it. Instead of Instead wheels. Instead of wheels. So it's almost like a... It's like yeah. 
It's like a surrealist object. Kind of, yeah. It's like such a bad That's like idea. Something that would have been made. But it's got it's got <laughs> legs with toes on it for no particular reason. And there's like a chain that connects the knees together so it can't splay out too far. And then there's right. a drive gear that turns, which pulls one leg forward and pushes doesn't push the other one back, but it lets the other one drag. And then as the gear turns the other direction, it pulls the other leg forward. It doesn't work. It's a bad idea. But it's really interesting to look at. <laughs> Some farmer dude wow. was like, hey, we should put legs on carts. And he sent this idea in. And then one of the, uh, Robert Hook, I think is who it was, is a kind of famous scientist, drew up a really cool drawing of what this thing would actually look like with a horse and with the cart and with, you know. Anyway, check it out. It's pretty cool. So the crazy inventors that spend their entire life savings on a useless patent actually existed way back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of them, yeah. Well, yep. Funny. <laughs> so check those yep. out. Yep. It's still a bad idea. But all right, cool. You guys got anything else this week? And that's it. That's it. I'm building my canoe, so follow on Instagram. It's gonna take some time. Mm-hmm. I have till September to finish my canoe. I'm working on it. It looks awesome. I'm excited about it. And everybody keeps asking me, is Nick gonna come and shoot build you the canoe with you? Nick and I have talked a couple times, and he says he's going to try and make a trip over to help me a little bit. But his schedule is so busy, I'm not going to hold him to He's it. so famous. But if he can, he said he's going to come. He, he's always somewhere new. Yeah. He's always somewhere new. He's out promoting his movie now. Cool. Right on. All right. So, well, I guess that's it for this week. And thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Love you. Later. <laughs> Love you, too.